Here we are. It's Wednesday. No, it's Thursday morning. We're a day off if I'm saying it's Wednesday. It is Thursday morning. You are listening to Roadmap to Heaven on Covenant Network. Let's begin with prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'll tell you what, I'm still getting back to normal uh, this week after you know an atypical week last week. I think it's safe to say the, the week of the Sikh conference is a little atypical. And Quite honestly, it's just been a couple weeks of atypical. I mean, we had Christmas, and then we had last week and with New Year's and Seek, and next year's atypical. We've got uh, Martin Luther King holiday, and the kids are off school Monday, and uh, soon I, I, I'm ready to get back into the let's just have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday as five weekdays. Everybody goes to work. Everybody goes to school. We're off on Saturday and Sunday, and we're happy, right? You know, I like that routine. I like the <laughs> predictability of it. But here we are on a Thursday morning spending an hour together. It's so good to be with you. It's just always so good to be with you. Today on the show, for our radio listeners, we are going to have a reflection on daily mass and confessions. And then uh, we've got a lot in store for everybody today. We are going to go back in time to last week. We had the opportunity to sit down with Kristalina Evert. You know Kristalina. She's been on Roadmap to Heaven before. And uh, we had the opportunity to spend some time with her. She's got an important message for the new year. And it's Thursday, despite what I might have thought at the beginning of the show. It is indeed, actually, in fact, reality and is Thursday. So Father David Skillman is going to be with us on the show today as we continue to look at that first papal encyclical of St. John Paul II, Redemptor Omnes, the Redeemer of Man. And so that is all ahead on the show today. Um, There's some weather coming, and I don't know what that is, but Mike Roberts knows what that is, and he sent a weather forecast, so let's go to that now for our weather and saint of the day. Today is the feast day of St. Caesarea, who is a martyr, and blessed William Carter, who was also a martyr. Born in London in 1548, William was the son of a draper, but at an early age became an apprentice under John Claywith, who was a printer for the Queen. William also served as a secretary to the last Catholic Archdeacon of Canterbury, Nicholas Hatsfield, who died in prison for failing to renounce his faith. Using his printing and publishing skills, William became part of an underground press which advocated for the Catholic faith and urged Catholics to stand firm in the face of persecution. He was arrested, charged, and imprisoned for 18 months, during which time his wife passed away. When he finally did get a trial, it lasted just 15 minutes. After being convicted, He made a confession to a priest who was also being tried with him, and he was then hanged, drawn, and quartered on this day in 1584. Blessed William Carter, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. A prayer for greater love of Jesus. 
O my Jesus, thou knowest well that I love thee, but I do not love thee enough. O grant that I may love thee more. O love that burnest ever and never failest, my God, thou who art charity itself, enkindle in my heart that divine fire which consumes the saints and transforms them into thee. Amen. May the sacred heart of Jesus be loved in every place. Well, Kristalina Everett, it is so great to see you at the Seek 24 conference. And I love when ministry brings us to the same city. It, it doesn't happen often, but when it does, what a blessing it is to spend some time together. No, it's amazing. Everybody just like migrates here, yeah, <laughs> right? From all ends of the earth, it feels like. And I, we're all together. You, you can't turn around without being like, oh, I know that person. I, I, oh, I know that person over there. Oh, hi. How's, oh, I, I, I got to get back to my work here. I can't keep saying hi to all these people. I know, I know. right? I know. So you're, you're speaking today. Yes. And what what are you talking about? I am talking about mission. Like, Ooh. what is your mission? And I called it fearless and free because I feel like maybe about 90% of people are not living out of what it is that God created them to be, their purpose, their plan, their mission. And isn't our entire mission to actually stand before God one day and say, I did it. I fulfilled everything that you asked me to do, and I actually fulfilled the purpose that you created me for. Oh, I love this because we Who does that? We've been talking about this on our broadcasts from Seek, and, you know, we were talking with uh, Simone Rizkala. I don't know if you've met her, but she, she gave a talk on the epidemic of loneliness and the remedy of Jesus in the Eucharist, yes. and we've been talking with some other guests on the show, and that whole idea of, you know, first, uh, just let Jesus love you. Mm-hmm. Let, let God love you. And don't worry about necessarily the plan. You're going to have to worry about the plan at some point. There, there are logistical things in life mm-hmm. that have to be worked out. As a parent, you know that. I know that. But sometimes we get so preoccupied with, well, what makes sense? You know, I, I need to have a good job. I need to do this. I need to do that. I'm going to worry about those details. And are we asking ourselves, well, is this what God's calling me to do? See, you all know? of those questions are worldly questions. All of those questions are on the outside of us, right? And they're all surfacey questions, to be honest. But if we actually think about, okay, what does God want me to do, like you said, but also what what did he create me for? It's so much bigger yeah. than that. Like you were created for this. This is part of what God created you to be. Not everybody could sit here and interview people on such an excellent level like you do. And it's fun and engaging because it's part of your makeup of your purpose and your plan that God gave you because you're evangelizing. You're helping the body of Christ and your gift will help the body of Christ because it will be for others in the kingdom. And most people don't think or live that way. They live like they need to go figure out their problems on the outside when God really is just saying, sit with me, be with me. He's calling all people to himself right now in this year of the Eucharistic revival. And he wants our undivided attention because he needs us to listen and step in to what he's asking, not what the world is grasping yeah. for. I, you know, I, I love this because it's the same thing. I couldn't do what you do. I couldn't write the books that you write. I couldn't give the talks that you give. I don't know that I would have the composure if I was giving a talk at a seat conference and my high heel that I don't wear high heels. My high <laughs> heel got stuck in the gap of the it stage so in the middle of year. the talk. Oh my gosh. I just had to say everybody I'm stuck right now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and okay. have that, that real moment with everyone. But you know, I, I love the Baltimore catechism. I love to get back to those basics. Why did God make me? To know God, to love God, 
and to serve God. And, and that order is important. We have to know mm-hmm. him before we can love him. How can you love someone you don't know? Mm-hmm. And then once you know him, I think it's a no-brainer to say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And we were really blessed, uh, my wife Beth and I, to go speak to some high school seniors recently about wow. the vocation of marriage. Yes. And one of the things we shared was, you know, God has a vocation for each and every one of us. For some, it, it's priests. For some, the men. Uh, for some, men and women, it's consecrated religious life. For some, it's single life. And, and for many, it's marriage. And then the bigger, not, not the bigger question, but then the next level down, as, as you, you kind of go down the, the funnel, is, okay, now that I've discerned my vocation, how is God calling me to live that vocation in the world? How is he calling me to be a married person? How is he calling me to be a father? And the tricky thing is that answer changes from time to time. It's not always, okay, live out your vocation of marriage like this. You know, our oldest is about to go off to high school, and Mm -hmm. parenting him now is a lot different than it was when he was a newborn. So the mission changes, Yes, and it evolves, but it always, if, if we keep God as the center, and imagine living a life saying, okay, Jesus, what do you want me to do next? What's next? What do you want me to do? And I've been literally trying to do that. It is not easy. It is very, very difficult. Can you imagine a New Year's resolution of everything I know God is asking, I'm going to do, period. Can you imagine the 180 someone's life would completely change? And if you think about this, right? How many saints can you name that cared about what other people thought of them and what was going on around them in the world, like the pressures they were getting to change? Because they were all, a lot of them were being called crazy or radical or, or just like they're just too much or getting punished and put away for a little bit because it was just causing ruffles and ripples around the society that they lived in, right? They did not care. They cared more about what God wanted They were about their mission, their purpose, their plan, because they knew how to utilize the light within by being submerged in this darkness that we are in. And that's what people have to learn, because right now it's so easy to get overcome by the darkness. But if we can utilize the light that God has given us within and the weapons of light that he's given us to fight this darkness coming upon us, that I think he's going to ask those people that are making that decision to step into their purpose and plan. He's going to ask them to do great things, but we just, and it's a simple yes. Yeah. Can I tell you a story about one of my favorite saints, St. Philip Neri? There there was a guy, you know, he was, he was known, he was a noted orator. People came from all over the place to hear him speak. And this uh, wealthier gentleman invited St. Philip to a party at his house because, you know, people are going to think I'm really cool if if Philip's here. And so St. Philip Neri shaved off half of his beard, you know, like down the middle of his face, one side gone, according to the the writings on the life of St. Philip Neri, and showed up at the party and everybody was like, "Um, who's that guy? And why is he here? And and he said, you know, because that's what we have to do. Um, I love that example. It's, It's a fun example because I go back to that, like, all right, if I go out and I start you know, on the radio, it's easy. On, on YouTube videos, mm-hmm. it's easy to talk about Jesus and the gospel calling and the mission. With the neighbors on our street, not so easy. Not and so it, easy. when I'm afraid of looking like a fool, I just think back to good old St. Philip shaving off half of his beard. <laughs> if, he was, if he's willing to do that, can I have a conversation with my neighbor about what Jesus has done in my life? I don't know. But I think about that promise you, you're challenging us to make for the new year here. You know, that this year is going to be the year that I do what God is calling me to do. That's a scary ordeal. 
It's I scary, mean, right? It's actually scary because you know at that moment you're literally taking the control. But are we really in control? Are we all really happy? Absolutely not. No. We're not. We're all struggling. We're all sinners. We're always wondering, looking outside, and then seeing the world falling apart around us. And it's just like, you know, if we just lived under the umbrella of where Jesus is trying to take us and wants us to be, I think we'll be so much more peaceful, happy, unafraid of the future, and just know God has got us. Because either we believe that's Jesus in the Eucharist or not. And if we do believe that, we need to start acting like it. It is the year of the Eucharist. He's calling all people to himself. And if we believe that Jesus is here with us, what are we afraid of? I think back, you know, th this C conference has been so incredible um, in many ways, but one of the added layers, like just the icing on the cake, is that this is the 25th anniversary of St. John Paul II being here. Not just in the United States, not just in St. Louis, but in the building that we have been occupying this wow, entire week. I didn't know that. That's in the great. very room that we've been having Mass wow. all week, actually on the exact same altar that they've wow. been offering the Eucharistic sacrifice this week. That. It's the same altar That's that he so offered Mass on awesome. here in January of 1999. Wow. Um, but I think of across town at yeah. the hockey arena, not the football stadium, where, <laughs> where we had the youth gathering. Mm -hmm. um, I think of his words at the end of his homily. And, you know, so many times St. John Paul II called us, be not afraid, be not afraid. And, and exactly with what we're talking about, about following God's will, doing God's will, and whatever may happen in life, don't be afraid of it because God's got bigger plans for you. Mm -hmm. But in that homily, he said, remember, this is how he ended it. I still get chills. Remember, Christ is calling you. The mm -hmm. church needs you. Yes. And the Pope believes in you oh. and expects great things of you. The vicar of Christ on earth said that to us. And those words are just as applicable today as they were back then. So I, I, you know, I think this has been a great thing to talk about, and this has been a wonderful opportunity. I know you've got to get ready for your talk, and I, I am so grateful to have the chance to be on Covenant Network and have you with us on Roadmap to Heaven again. Um, I wish you all the best, and God be with you in your talk today. Oh, thank you so much. And I want to just leave your listeners with this, that the devil's going to beat them down with their past perpetually, right? But remember, he's not after your past. He's after to steal your future and don't let him and that God wants to do great things with you. Wonderful. Kristalina, thank you so much. Thank you. For being with us. I'll be praying for you. All right. If you like this video, then you got to check out our YouTube channel and look at all the great Roadmap to Heaven videos we have with guests just like Kristalina mm -hmm. here and tune into Roadmap to Heaven. Find the Roadmap to Heaven podcast on Covenant Network. To make it easy, go to ourcatholicradio.org or search Roadmap to Heaven on your favorite podcast player. Prayer for Charity O my Jesus, Thou art very true love, enkindled in my heart the divine fire, which consumes the saints and transforms them into You. O Lord our God, we offer Thee our hearts, united in the strongness and most sincere love of brotherhood. We pray that Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament may be the daily food of our souls and bodies, that Jesus may be established as the center of our affections even as he was for Mary and Joseph. Finally, O Lord, may sin never disturb our union on earth, and may we be eternally united in heaven with thee and Mary and Joseph and with all the saints. Amen. 
Once again, it's Thursday morning, and Father David Spillman is with us to take us to class on the Redeemer of Man and St. John Paul II. Uh, It's wonderful to talk about our Lord, to talk about our faith, and this great saint of our lifetime, Father, and to be with you on this Thursday morning. Yeah, it's good to be back and to continue to be inspired by the the wisdom of St. John Paul, whose words, again, that were written over 40 years ago, are still very uh, fresh and pertinent for us today. So... Yeah, uh, last week we we were talking about the mystery of Christ as the basis of the church's mission and of Christianity. Uh, that, that, that's that's no small chunk of what we're called to do in this life. That's a lot of it. And uh, today we're going to talk about that some more about the church's mission and human freedom. So, what does John Paul II say to us in this regard? Yes. Yeah, so he's going to talk about how we're called to approach uh, the men and women of our time with respect for human freedom. This is very much at the heart of John Paul II's humanism, this sense that each human person has been endowed by God with freedom and a conscience. But he also is going to highlight here how the church preserves true freedom, what the fullness of that word freedom really means against false claims to freedom. So he says uh, in the beginning of this section on the church's mission and human freedom, we approach people with the esteem, respect, and discernment that since the time of the apostles has marked the missionary attitude. What is this esteem? He says the missionary attitude always begins with a feeling of deep esteem for what is in man, for what man has himself worked out in the depths of his spirit concerning the most profound and important problems. So in other words, in the church's mission, we don't just come in and tell people what they should think, right? We first listen for those seeds of the word. We talked about this last time, those, those elements of truth that are present in maybe what someone already holds as true, even if they don't have the fullness of the truth that we enjoy in the Catholic church. And so this is the, the discernment that John Paul was talking about. He mentions um, also in this section, he mentions St. Paul at the Areopagus, you may remember that story from the Acts of the Apostles where um, he's looking at the various pagan altars and he finds this altar to an unknown God. And this is his launching point, St. Paul. He says, I'm going to reveal to you this unknown God that you have an altar to. So he found this seed of the word, right, in, in, the, in the practice, the religious practice of the people there. So this esteem for what already exists as true within uh, someone's understanding of reality And he says, John Paul says, the mission is never destruction, but instead is a taking up and fresh building. So we really get here something of a masterclass on evangelization. And and the most important thing is what he says next. He says, we know well that the conversion that is begun by the mission is a work of grace. So this cooperation is this classic Catholic theology between our work and the grace of God. But the primary place is with the grace of God. So we should strive to know our faith. We should study apologetics, all these good things. But there's no cookie-cutter approach to evangelizing to the church's mission because every person's unique. And ultimately, it's going to be grace working in the heart of the person, not just my own skill and ability, that is going to bring about true conversion. And that's always going to happen then with this respect for the freedom of that person. And so there's this both-and way we live in evangelizing others, which is we both boldly proclaim the truth and we respect the freedom and the conscience of the other. And so John Paul summarizes it with these words. He says, when Christ and after him, his apostles proclaimed the truth 
that comes not from men, but from God. They preserved, while acting with their full force of spirit, a deep esteem for man, for his intellect, his will, his conscience, and his freedom. Thus, the human person's dignity itself becomes part of the content of that proclamation, being included not necessarily in words, but by an attitude towards it. So that's an interesting point he's making here, that when we speak the truth, but we do so with this respect, this esteem for human freedom, it communicates to the other their own dignity, right? That I have a truth to share that is not a threat to you. It's not a restriction of your freedom. In fact, the truth I desire to share with you will give you even greater freedom. The truth will set you free. And he, he goes to those words of, of Christ here in this section. Um, he says, today also, even after 2,000 years, we see Christ as the one who brings man freedom based on truth, frees man from what curtails, diminishes, and as it were, breaks off this freedom at its root in man's soul, his heart, and his conscience. And so this is a theme that comes up many times in his pontificate, this idea of this illusory or false notion of freedom that says freedom just means I have no restrictions, right? There's just nothing holding me back and do whatever I feel like doing, whatever I want to do. And the danger there is it can actually lead to slavery. Like you think of addiction, you know, I'm free to indulge and fill in the blank. And before long, I've become a slave to that thing <laughs> that I was free to indulge in. But this illusory freedom also falls short because the truth shows us, it opens up for us a path to true meaning and purpose and, and beauty in our life. The analogy I like that I've heard others use is that of learning a musical instrument. You know, a person can plop down at the piano and say, I'm free and just like bang on whatever keys they want to. And they may be free in a sense to bang on the keys, but they're not free to play Bach or Mozart or Beethoven. That takes training, right? Discipline. And then they become free to make something beautiful out of this piano, you know, even to compose their own uh, beauty on the piano. So this is the truth we find in Christ. It ennobles, it elevates our humanity because it, it trains us, if you will, to live as we're made to live by God so that our lives become something truly beautiful. This is one of my favorite teachings of the church and, and of St. John Paul II, that whole idea that, you know, when the culture says, oh, you're, you're burdened by those commandments and all those rules, and, and the church is a real naysayer, Adam, because you can't do this, that, or the other thing. And then I think of a recent news story I read where a part of the United States had decriminalized um, what I wouldn't even say could be referred to as recreational drugs. Not that I think that's a good thing either, uh, but these were these were hard drugs. And they said the number of addictions and overdoses since this happened has increased exponentially. Mm -hmm. So are you free to use illicit drugs? Well, I, I suppose you have that license to do so now, but are you truly free? No, because immediately the, the number of addictions skyrocketed mm -hmm. and those people sadly lost their freedom to right. that. And may they get the help they need to recover but it, it's a scary thing um, to think that we could just kind of form our own path, like I get to do whatever I want and where that could lead versus saying, you know, I'm going to choose to follow Jesus's path. I'm going to choose to follow God's commandments. And in that, the possibilities are endless. Right. So that's why it is that the, the truth sets us free, even though the truth in some ways um, restricts us insofar as it says some things are off limits and we have to learn to deny ourselves. Um, but that that fact that then it frees us for what we're made for, 
reminds us that to proclaim the truth to another and to embrace it in my own life, um, that's an act of love. That's an act of charity to share the truth. What a wonderful gift it is. Uh, So that's where we're going to stop today on our segments on the Redeemer of Man. But we're going to come back next time, and we're going to talk about redeemed man and his situation in the modern world. So uh, once we accept the idea that we are not redeemed by our own actions, not redeemed by ourselves, but redeemed by our Lord, where does that put us out there in the world? And that's a, a question I think we've all asked, like, God, what are you calling me to? How, how do you want me to do this? And, and how do I do it in the midst of everything that's going on in life? So we'll get some insight on that next week. Until then, Father Skillman, thank you for being with us today. Thank you. Prayer for Priests by St. Therese of Lisieux. O oh, Jesus, eternal priest, keep your priests within the shelter of your sacred heart where none may touch them. Keep unstained their anointed hands, which daily touch your sacred body. Keep unsullied their lips, daily purpled with your precious blood. Keep pure and unearthly their hearts, sealed with the sublime mark of the priesthood. Let your holy love surround them and shield them from the world's contagion. Bless their labors with abundant fruit and may the souls to whom they minister be their joy and consolation here and in heaven their beautiful and everlasting crown. Amen. Here we are on this Thursday. It's a good time for our daily dose of encouragement, and this week we continue to talk about spiritual journaling with Patty Schneier. Patty, what will we hear about today? Well, I've just been sharing my own journal entries. Again, I'm just letting people know that you, I just bear my heart and soul to God. It just happens to come out on paper, and for me, it's a very important part of my spiritual life. This next journal entry that I'm going to share today goes way back. It goes back to 2010, but I will never forget this journal entry. It was on the Feast of the Carthusian Martyrs. And here's what I wrote. I share this in one of the talks that I give about the saints um, because I really go back and I reread this myself. And that's what a journal can do for you as well. Sometimes you need to be reminded of what is God. God is saying something to you in your heart. It happens to come out on the paper, but that really is the Holy Spirit guiding that. And sometimes we need to go back and reread it. So I reread this one very often. Here's what I wrote back in May of 2010. Lord, I can't even fathom the death of your martyrs. So many men and women throughout history have given their very lives for the truth of the faith. They didn't hide from controversy. They didn't cave in under pressure. They defended the teachings of the church. I am in awe of their courage and perseverance in the midst of persecution and torture. I can't even fathom such supernatural strength of character and moral courage. Truth be told, I'd probably hide in fear if I thought my life were in danger. And yet, whenever I ponder the martyrs and the saints, I always go back to this one thought. I receive the same Eucharist as they did. I receive the same body, blood, soul, and divinity, the same divine life, the same divine strength, and grace is given in the same Eucharist. Jesus You do not play favorites. You give every one of us the same Eucharist, the same baptism, and the same Holy Spirit and confirmation. The only question becomes, how well do I correspond to these graces? How do I receive them? How do I use them? The difference between me and the saints or the martyrs is this. 
I waste the gift. I sometimes ignore the gift. I don't notice your Holy Spirit, power, and grace within me. I drown out, cover up, and trample you with my own sin and my own will. I grasp at what I want or spend my days looking for success, comfort, and ease. I lack a supernatural outlook in all things. The saint, however, tapped into the grace, strength, faith, and perseverance at all times. They corresponded to your will, to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, with a total yes. They used the gifts. They received you, Jesus, into their very being, and they let you take over. So, Jesus, today I will receive you at Mass again for the thousandth time, I'm sure. I will receive you, body, blood, soul, and divinity, as St. Teresa of Avila, Catherine of Siena, St. Monica, Faustina, Edith Stein, Therese of Lisieux, as all of them did. But will I let you take over? Will I let you consume my every thought, word, and deed? Will I correspond and tap into the supernatural graces that will be given? Will I let you change me today? If I truly appreciated the weight of a mass, just one mass, just to receive you one time in my life should be more than enough to make me or anyone else a saint. And yet because I am so miserable and because I'm selfish, sinful, and weak, I come before your altar to receive you time and time and time again and ask you to dwell within me, though I don't deserve it. I fail you, Jesus, every day, and yet you're willing to come to me every day in the Eucharist. Help me, Jesus, to receive you today in the Holy Eucharist, as if it were my first, my last, my only chance in this lifetime. And then, Jesus, let me correspond to every grace contained in your most precious body and blood. Amen. So today, maybe you can spend some time journaling about your next Holy Communion with Jesus and what you want to offer him and what you desire to receive. Patty, you certainly have put a lot into today's dose of encouragement, but such beautiful thoughts for us to ponder and to consider on our own. Thank you for today's encouragement. Well, it's been a great hour to spend with you this morning. You heard us mention in our interview with Kristalina that we have a YouTube channel. And have you checked out Covenant Network on YouTube at Our Catholic Radio? Or if you just search Covenant Network Catholic Radio. You know, there are a lot of different, I, I won't say a lot, there are a handful of different organizations out there that use the word covenant. So just search Covenant Network Catholic Radio. We're right there. We'll have that interview with Kristalina up this morning. So be sure to check that out. We have some other great interviews we've done over the course of the last year. And you can find those on our YouTube channel as well. And I'd like to take a moment to invite you to listen not only to our radio broadcasts. We love that you tune in here live on the radio. We also want to invite you to tune into our podcast as well, not just Roadmap to Heaven, but the Daily Dose of Encouragement, Mike Roberts' Saint of the Day, Tom Shrewsbury, Lives of the Saints, Debbie Sansone, Schlaprizi's The Splendor of You, and Monsignor Witt's Exploring Church History. You can find all of those and more on your favorite podcast player or for convenience. Just go to OurCatholicRadio.org. That's O-U-R-CatholicRadio.org. You can find them there. And take the Covenant Network app with you to stream wherever you have an internet connection 
No need to worry about the radio. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thanks for listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Don't forget to pray your rosary today.